Hello and rich rising. Welcome to Modestly Metaphysical, a podcast where I bring you information about trending topics in the spiritual community and tips on where to get started in your journey. I'm Kara and I will be your host. Welcome to episode five. So this episode is one that I've been super excited about. It is about shadow work, what the shadow is, um, how it can affect you, and why it's important, all the good stuff on shadow work. This is something that has been so important for my spiritual growth and just my journey through spirituality is shadow work. It's something that is necessary of all of us. Sometimes we do it and we don't even realize that we're doing it, but we all have a shadow and it's not a bad thing. And in this episode, I'm going to explain to you what is the shadow, how does it develop, how to spot it, and how to start your own shadow work. So to get started, what is the shadow? So like I said, we all have a shadow and it's not a bad thing. Just like our real shadow, we can't get rid of it, which is why we choose to understand it instead. See it as an energetic or emotional shadow. So Carl Jung, a Swiss psychologist, first coined the term shadow self, meaning the unknown, unconscious side of the psyche. So the shadow contains all feelings, behaviors, urges, and desires that are unconsciously you, so things you may not be aware of. And I just wanted to also give you guys a little quote that he said about um, working with your shadow or your shadow self. And he said, quote, This confrontation is the first test of courage on the inner way, a test sufficient to frighten off most people for the meeting with ourselves belongs to the more unpleasant things that can be avoided so long as we project everything negative into the environment. But if we are able to see our own shadow and can bear knowing about it, then a small part of the problem has already been solved. We have at least brought up the personal unconscious. The shadow is a living part of the personality and therefore wants to live with it in some form. It cannot be argued out of existence or rationalized into harmlessness, end quote. All right. So how does the shadow form? It forms when certain qualities about you were deemed undesirable, unwelcome, or unloved. So you pushed it down or change the behavior either for survival or for acceptance, especially as children, we do things just to please people because we don't realize that that's a trait that we shouldn't have, people-pleasing that is. And so we push these parts of ourselves away. And your shadow becomes a shadow because it is now unwanted aspects of yourself And it usually forms in childhood. Most of the time, it forms in childhood. So your shadow holds a lot of power over you. So if you don't access your shadow, you're really only working with half of who you are. And this practice of shadow work aims at wholeness by unifying the, quote, dark parts of yourself with the lights parts of yourself or the parts that you don't see with the parts that you do see. Um, This can obviously be a very corrective form of work, and this can correct any tendency that you have to act out in a way that may be deemed as negative or in a way that you project uh, aspects of ourselves onto others. So it's a way to reclaim your flaws and also some gifts while accepting your whole existence unconditionally. It's obviously not an easy thing to do and it's very humbling in a way because there you'll realize a lot of things about yourself that you didn't necessarily 
um, realize before, especially as you get older and you just realize why so many things happen to you because of the way that you were repressing these parts of yourself, because it can be negative things or deem things that are deemed negative that are repressed or very positive things. So obviously during childhood, we learn how to get love and acceptance. And that's what drives most of our behavior. Because as children, we think that without it, we'll die, which according to research, children actually do think that. So it's how we're wired as humans. We also learn how not to be if we don't want to get cut off from love and affection. So we conclude from these situations that we have to hide certain behaviors, that we can't be our fully authentic selves and express ourselves the way that we feel most comfortable. So we mold ourselves so we don't get rejected. And so this obviously doesn't have to just happen with parents. It can help it happen with friendships um, or, you know, siblings or just like people that you interact with often. And I think this goes up until probably, I I think it can go as far as like high school age, honestly, because I know some people who are still really affected by some things that people did to them in high school. And obviously like these aspects of ourselves can continue to pile on, especially when we encounter negative relationships or abusive relationships and it can just continue to manifest into our lives. And working and noticing these things about ourselves is so, so, so important, especially for anyone interested in manifestation or spell work or anything along those lines. Because if you are blissfully unaware of your whole self, and that includes your shadow self, you are also unaware of why you truly want what you want. So you can end up giving yourself an undesired outcome for manifesting or spell work because of underlying self-limiting beliefs or unconscious desires that you may have. So for example, I always give the example of if someone is trying to manifest a relationship for themselves, but they have this deeply rooted idea that they're not truly accepted or they're not truly worthy of pure, unconditional love, then they're not going to be able to manifest a relationship that they really want until they Um, acknowledge and take care of these wounded parts of ourselves. Um, So these can, it's essentially things that you have repressed and everything you got hurt by and didn't fully process, which can obviously manifest in ways that we don't desire as we age, especially if we choose to continue to be unaware of them. So all of these unrealized parts of ourselves manifest in many different ways. So we can see these as things that show up in our conscious lives as jealousy, addiction, depression, anxiety, codependency, um, having a lot of drama, self-sabotage, power struggles, lying, procrastination, being passive-aggressive, being bitter, just anger, rage, violent behaviors, abuse, Uh, guilt and shame, being very reactive and being discontent. Your shadow will control your life and keep presenting you with uncomfortable opportunities until you integrate it. We can't heal what we don't see or feel. And so it keeps causing challenges for you, making you and even others miserable. So it can affect our relationships, our careers, our families, anything. And for some reason, we tend to celebrate distraction and look to whatever or whoever will keep us from that discomfort. Whoever will keep us just like stagnant essentially because we're afraid to face these parts of ourselves. So people who accept them and don't call us out on them. And this keeps us chained to tradition and represses us more into not being able to fully express ourselves. So shadow work essentially releases all that suppressed energy and it can be otherwise channeled for different things like creativity, authenticity, more personal freedom, understanding, a better perception and just being overall more whole. And obviously like it's, it's such a, uh, I don't, I can't even begin to explain how important it is. And 
the people that we have in our lives mirror our shadow parts back to us. So some ways that you can recognize when you need shadow work is when we project our shadow onto other people in the form of criticism or judgment. So here's a quote that I found, quote, the shadow is prone to psychological projection in which a perceived personal inferiority is recognized as a perceived moral deficiency in someone else. So everything you find annoying and others that you judge and reject from yourself points to shadow issues. So ask yourself questions like, what people are in your environment? Do you dislike, what do you dislike or even hate about them? I don't like to use that word because it's very strong, but what fascinates you about them as well? And who are people on social media that you dislike or judge? Who are celebrities that you idolize and have put on a pedestal and why? And also, whenever we unconsciously repeat a behavior, it's a clue for something, a part of your shadow that has taken control. And so any reoccurring patterns that you can spot in your life and that you have now recognized as something that completely repeats itself. So some things that you might recognize in this aspect is lack of self-confidence, um, blaming external circumstances instead of taking accountability, weak boundaries, not standing up for yourself, fears around putting yourself out into the world, like fear of judgment or um, you tend to self-sabotage, not knowing what you want and what is good for you. You always have to ask someone else for approval, essentially. Um, money issues judging others who make a lot of money or who are outwardly successful or vice versa, judging people who don't have a lot of money and relationship issues. So like having attachment, avoiding attachment style or your codependent, things like that. Um, anything that scares you, honestly, like what fears keep you repeating the same patterns in your life. Um, for example, maybe you judge a woman who is more masculine in appearance and don't like women who appear in a more masculine way. This could be an indicator that you reject your own masculine energy, the part of yourself that is more masculine. And maybe you keep attracting unavailable partners or partners who cheat on you. Um, that could be a part of you who obviously can't set strong boundaries and respect yourself enough to be able to up and leave a situation that is no longer serving you, um, clinging to things that make you comfortable in a sense. So you can spot your shadow in many different ways. And the biggest ones are triggers and patterns. So things that, um, make you feel a negative emotion or a negative feeling, they are bringing to surface some wounds and trauma that you have not addressed and not healed and telling you to like take a look at these. And same with patterns, repeated cycles is a way of your shadow trying to make itself um, known, make itself aware. So examples of a shadow would be um, when you grew up, your Parents didn't value what you said. Um, so little you concluded that your opinions don't matter and you should just stay quiet so that you don't have to endure criticism. And this can continue to teach you to learn to suppress your opinions and you develop a fear of speaking up, especially in school or your job or even on social media. So. Another one that is really relevant to this day and age is when you're scrolling on Instagram and you see someone celebrating um, a huge product launch or buying a new home or going on an amazing vacation or getting married to their their the love of their life and you notice yourself feeling jealous or sad. And so by feeling that emotion, you start to criticize or judge them like, 
oh, look at like, look at how big their ego is. Look at them boasting. Like who, why would you need such a big house? Like why, why are they marrying each other so early when we know that marriages end up failing? So I'm sure it won't go far instead of celebrating their happiness with them. It's a part of you that wishes the same for yourself, but you don't have it. This could be the scarcity mindset mode part of yourself that might be resentful that you grew up in a poor family or that you didn't have to have or you didn't have the chance to have a um, completed family image because maybe your parents got divorced or you grew up sharing a room with your siblings, something that manifested within you that made you feel envious of what those people have. Um And I think that also being in love is another way that we project our shadows. Let's say that you are someone with a nine to five job and you have lived the same, the same way for the past 10 years. You feel really secure and you have a normal routine and then you fall in love with someone who is super adventurous, super outgoing, extroverted. Maybe they have an online job and they make their own schedule and they have a lot of freedom in everything they do. In this case, the aspects of you that have not lived enough are projected onto the other person. And this shows you what parts of yourself you're not expressing yet, which of your own dreams and potentials you're ignoring, probably out of fear. In the first few months, we really love our new partner and put them on a pedestal because we have or live aspects that are our own shadow. So not only can some of the things that we repress be negative, but also positive. Like if you were really spontaneous and adventurous when you were younger, and that was very frowned upon by your caretakers, then you could learn to repress that and then end up um, having it resurface later in your life as something that you need to reintegrate back into your personality. So the benefits of doing shadow work is that this is a pathway to completing yourself as a whole to come face to face with our dark side and bring it into the light because it'll keep us stuck until we deal with it and when we make friends with our neglected parts we experience more joy and flow and more fulfilling relationships and just accessing our full potential so this helps make us more self-aware and more conscious as a being and more in touch with with ourselves so we can have healed healthy relationships and we can operate from our adult self rather than from our child self and also not operate from the triggers that our parents projected onto us we don't have to live as that person we can start to be ourselves and not have to reflect what our parents told us we should be or our caretakers so what is the best way to do shadow work. I want to reiterate that shadow work is a very deeply personal process and it requires you to hold a lot of emotional space for yourself to process and even possibly grieve. Um, Be a friend to yourself at this time and do everything with compassion. Never judge, always understand and talk to yourself If this is a wound that comes from childhood, you want to talk to yourself like you would a child. You're not going to look at a child who's upset about something um, and rationalize it away for them. You just tell them like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like what, like, how do you feel? How do you, like, what would make you feel better? You're not going to sit there and tell a child, well, your mom was um, very abused when she was younger when she didn't pick up her toys. So you need to pick up your toys because a child isn't going to understand and rationalize it in the same way that an adult does. So speak to shadow aspects of yourself that stem from childhood as a way, in a way that you're speaking to a child that you may not know very well. So exactly how you would want to be comfort at that time, comfort yourself in that way. So there's two main steps to shadow work that I'll break down even further. But the first step in anything is awareness. So you will see the projection of your shadow in one of those qualities that I listed earlier, and it will react to a trigger. So 
those reactions that you have is the reaction to a trigger. Specifically, situations, confrontation, conversations, etc., that happen in daily life that unconsciously remind you of the initial trauma. So you have to become aware of what is a trigger and what your reaction to that trigger is. And then step two is integrating it. So now you reverse that process. Instead of pushing those pieces away or continuing to react or um, repress, you welcome them back in or at least understand them. The, the deem negative parts, you want to understand and start to break the cycle. The positive aspects, you can start to reintegrate and understand why they're there, why that reaction happens. There's a lot of many there's a lot, a lot of many, a lot of different methods that you can use for integration. And you'll have to do your some own some of your own research because there's lots of different things that people have come up with. My personal favorite is journaling and then just meditating on certain things. So in the process of that though, you want to be able to allow yourself the space to feel and love yourself unconditionally through these feelings and understandings. And speaking affirmations can be super helpful as well. So affirming yourself, if it's something that you um, say, it's something to do with money, you can affirm yourself like, I am abundant. I am safe. I, I no longer cling to things that no longer serve me. Just I am statements speaking as if you've already um, been that way. You already have that quality. So this also, this process of integration also requires you to pay attention to your inner dialogue and how and why you respond to things the way you do. So I always use the analogy of the annoying little kid that asks why to everything. You want to do the same thing to your triggers and um reactive states. So anytime you have a trigger or you find yourself judging someone or projecting onto someone, you want to ask yourself, well, why though? And just keep asking why until you get to the root of the issue. So for example, it could be I'm judging someone for marrying someone really early. And I can say, oh, well, why though? Why am I judging them? And maybe my answer is because I think that they won't last very long because they're not finding stability and being able to know someone that soon. And then it's like, well, why do I think that? And then I can say, I was, maybe it's because I was with someone for two years, thought I knew them really well, and they showed their true colors after this such a long time. And so now I project onto them that this person is doing the same thing. So it could be, I mean, it can go even deeper than that, but that's just an example um, of how you can ask yourself why and get to the root of the issue. So a few methods that you can also try is reviewing your childhood. Like I said earlier, it usually roots here. Ask yourself things like, was I completely accepted? How did I feel most of the time? Um, What was expected of me and how did that shape me? And then obviously when you come to a conclusion, whether it's by reviewing your childhood or it reveals itself to you in your adult life, you can shine a light on it. And obviously this is the most important, this is in any method that you try, you have to shine a light on it and you have to choose to see it and identify it as the positive or negative trait that it may be. And don't shame it. That just adds fuel to the fire. If you shame, if you find it and you shame that part of yourself, it's just going to further repress another part of yourself and continue this cycle of guilt and shame around who you are. There is no shame in who you are. You just have to understand negative qualities you have about yourself or harmful qualities you have about yourself and understand why they're there in order for you to start to move past them. They can be changed. It does take work. It doesn't happen overnight, but you cannot continue to shame them if you want to heal these parts of yourself and fix these parts of your lives. And also something that helped me a lot is not seeing a trigger as a trigger, but seeing it as a messenger. So in today's culture, we always see people avoiding triggers 
and not integrating them back. And I understand that sometimes certain triggers do take longer than others, but continuing to avoid or turn turn our cheek to triggers that we have is also furthering this cycle of unhealed parts of ourselves. So if we live avoiding triggers, we never heal them. And they are there to open us up to the idea that this needs to be healed. It's not there to push us away. And so other things that you can ask yourself is what are your triggers? What makes you have this reaction? Um, Obviously, a trigger is an unconscious pattern. And it's like an automated fight or flight response that originates somewhere in our system. And it could be something that we remember, a trauma that we remember, or a trauma that we don't. This kind of relates to my last podcast when I was talking about gut feelings being a mix of intuition and um, fight or flight. So through self-observation and mindfulness, we can practice and become aware of our shadow aspects. It might take a while for you to develop this skill because when we're triggered, it's really difficult to come back into our adult mind or our rational mind. But even being becoming conscious after the fact and taking time to reflect on a reaction is a massive step in the process. So consciousness opens up the choice to address it or to continue to repress it. And what I do, if I'm in the moment and I get triggered or I feel this emotion that I feel like I could go into a reactive state, I open up my notes on my iPhone and literally just write the situation that it was and what I felt. And if I can't deal with it right then, at least I remember that there's something that I need to think about later. Um, Especially if you're like out on the go at work, whatever, or just out with friends, because not not every trigger does have a reactive state that follows. Um, Usually we have reactive states when we're not so much aware, but sometimes we still are aware of a trigger and still feel the emotion of it and don't necessarily react on it. So I always take notes whenever those types of things come up or when I do react. Other things that you can ask yourself, um, I call this emotional inquiry. (laughs) So asking yourself questions like, what am I feeling? Where am I feeling it? Why? Um, What story is attached to this emotion? For example, if you say that you're not good enough, um, I'll never be happy, stuff like that, where does that come from? And what does this situation remind me of in the past? And just connecting to it and giving the space it needs to complete this emotional cycle that you're going through. And it's really about being curious about your emotional world and seeing these triggers and emotions as as information rather than something that is um, like a nuisance, you know. Like I said, the biggest thing that helped me is daily journaling And stream of consciousness writing is something that I always try to teach people. And that's just like literally, I try to type because I can type faster than I can physically write. But you just literally write whatever comes to your mind. Don't even think about it. Just start writing and let the thoughts flow. Anything, it's kind of like taking what comes to your mind in a meditation and just putting it on to a physical appearance, essentially. Because, like I mentioned, before meditation isn't what people make it out to be. It's just the observation of your thoughts that come and go. And so stream of consciousness writing can be the same thing. So things that you can ask yourself for daily journaling are things like what triggers me in life? Um, How do I judge others or myself? What do I dislike in others? Um, What do I feel resentment over? What do I envy in others? What do I struggle with most? There's tons and tons and tons and tons of shadow work prompts on the internet. I always just go on Pinterest and type shadow work questions or Google doesn't have that many, but I always try to um, just look up different prompts and try to use one daily or set aside a certain day if you feel like you have some things you may need to grieve and allowing yourself that space to do so. Another thing if you don't like to physically write or journal is 
sitting in meditation with the thoughts that you come up with. And this is just that um, why though process of asking yourself those questions and sitting and integrating it back in, um, getting in touch with your shadow parts and sitting with those emotions and where you feel them. And I like the practice of thinking about something very difficult or a trigger situation and noticing where I feel that in my body and taking note of that. And whenever I feel that same sensation, knowing that I'm being triggered right now and being able to take a step back and not enter that reactive state that I may tend to enter when I'm feeling that way. Another one that is underrated is dream analysis. So looking at um, what pops up in your dreams and waking up in the morning and the first thing you do is write down everything that you remember or in the middle of the night, if you wake up in the middle of the night, just jot down some notes and keywords or images, symbolism, and um, don't just write what happened, but also how you felt. And I know that um, someone who is big on dream analysis is Robert Johnson, and he has a book called Inner Work, Using Dreams and Active Imagination for Personal Growth. And that's a great book to learn more about dream analysis. Um, And so dreams can definitely be a way that provide a direct line of communication to the unconscious because if you are not rooted or aware of what's going on in your conscious life and you continue to repress those emotions or feelings, it will most definitely present itself in your dream state. So those are things to be aware of. And if you're someone who smokes weed, you may not remember your dreams. So if you are also repressing in your conscious state as well as smoking to repress your dream state, some of these situations may be harder to identify. And I always recommend um, taking a little break every so often from smoking just so you can, (laughs) my dog's whining, I'm sorry, Um, just so you can realize those unconscious parts of yourself being revealed through dreams if you aren't doing that very well in your waking life. Um. I think that shadow work and inner child work is very one and the same, but only because most of our shadows are created during childhood, but not all of them can be or will be. So there is a lot of um, inner child work that should also be thought about or integrated just because a lot of the healing lies in that aspect of ourselves and Um, Our inner child seems to take the wheel when it comes to emotions a lot because it's just a learned reactive state to whatever the trigger may be. And a couple good books on the topic are Homecoming, Reclaiming and Championing Your Inner Child by John Bradshaw, as well as Reconciliation, Healing the Inner Child by Thich Nhat Hanh. Thich Nhat Hanh is my absolute favorite artist or artist author. Um, he's an, an artist of life, but in my absolute favorite author um, about Buddhism, mindfulness, um, accepting others, taming the tiger within. He is an amazing author. He is my number one recommended author to anyone who asked me for any book recommendations. So I definitely recommend his book on the topic. <laughs> Um, Some other things that you can start to do to help be aware of your shadow self is breath work. Um, There's different types of breath work. One that is very psychedelic in nature is holotropic breath work. Um, There's tons of different things. Pranayama. uh, I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, but breath work is a very good way to clear um, and transform certain parts of yourself as well as plant medicine like uh, psilocybin, ayahuasca, um, things of that nature. I have had super insightful ex- experiences on plant medicine, specifically shrooms, and it can definitely help to integrate and release a lot of emotional trauma. And sometimes um, I haven't personally done ayahuasca, but I know some friends who have, and it can help release a lot of emotional baggage or just bring things to the light that you may not have recognized before. Ayahuasca is a very, very, very interesting 
topic of conversation. One day I would love to do an ayahuasca retreat. Um, For now, I am just sitting in what I already have. And I think that opportunity will be presented to me when it's supposed to be. But if you are interested at all in healing problems with addiction or trauma, I definitely would love to hear your guys' opinion on using plant medicine for those things. Um, It can be very beneficial. Obviously, another big one is if you feel like you can't facilitate these things on your own, there is no shame in therapy or coaching. Sometimes doing work on ourselves without outside support or accountability is very, very limited. We all have blind spots that we don't know or don't realize are things that we need to work on. This is something that I have definitely seen myself fall short because um, there's lots of things I didn't realize that I was doing until someone else pointed them out to me, especially um, in my relationships. My boyfriend would also often point out like, this is what you're doing wrong. And of course, like we're all resistant when someone tells us something like that. But after that feeling of like being attacked goes away and you find that emotional clarity, you can start to realize this is what I'm doing wrong. This is what I need to work on. So your relationships can point out a lot of shadow aspects of yourself and just being able to take accountability and not place the blame on external circumstance or other people is a huge part of this as well. And that's something that I really, I used to do that a lot is I'd never saw, I would rationalize away what I was doing because what I was feeling was true. But oftentimes I would say it wasn't my intention to hurt you or it wasn't my intention to make it look this way. But at some point acting without intention becomes negligence. So If you are constantly saying things along the lines of, it wasn't my intention to blah, 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 you need to start to address that in yourself and start acting with more intention because that's something that really did impact my life a lot and it ruined a lot of um, bonds that I had with people. So it's very, very important to act with intention. And if you're one of those people who People get mad at you and it feels like it's out of nowhere because it wasn't your intention to make them react this way or you didn't think that they would react this way. You need to start thinking about how much thought you put into the things that you're doing. And if you're truly acting out of selfish desire, because I'll admit that I obviously was acting in selfish ways if I was constantly having people explode on me and then me saying, that wasn't my intention at some point it becomes negligence. So that's something that personally I struggled with. Some good resources that I collected some of this information from, which I think if you guys are interested in this, it could be super helpful, is the book Meeting the Shadow by or Meeting the Shadow, The Hidden Power of the Dark Side of Human Nature by Connie Zweig. Z-W-E-I-G. I'm not sure how to say that, so please (laughs) give me grace. Another one is Momentum, a shadow work guide and journal by Quinn Barber, B-A-R-B-O-U-R. Another is King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, Rediscovering the Archetypes of the Mature Masculine by Robert Moore. Um, That relates to the Carl Jung... um, theory of there being different archetypes of the shadow self, which sometimes getting to know the archetypes can help you to understand more of what you may be repressing or why things manifest the way it does and what you're struggling with. So that can be helpful for someone who's kind of lost. And um, a man, man and his symbols by Carl Jung to just dive deeper into like Carl Jung himself. But Those are ways that I have definitely integrated my shadow and ways that different aspects of myself have been brought to the surface. And yes, sometimes it is hard or embarrassing or we just feel so much resistance to it, but it is so, so helpful to have these things brought to our attention. 
In conclusion, shadow work is a way of finding our authentic true self and being able to walk that path without having these repeated toxic cycles come back into our life, having to live our life avoiding triggers, having to live our life apologizing for our reactive states. It is a way to integrate ourselves into our true being. And we can really start to live a life free of limitation when we start to integrate these parts of ourselves. We aren't responsible for for what has happened to us in, in the past and what has created our shadow selves, but we are responsible for the way that we choose to reflect that back into the world. So facing the truth about ourselves can be scary and uncomfortable, but Everything that we integrate back into ourselves that we have repressed can hold a true gift for us, whether it's the gift of um, releasing discernment, um, a clearer vision, better perception, understanding. It can hold a lot of positivity for us, even if it's a negative trait that we realize. It's not something that you are ever done with. Shadow work is something that's constantly going to be in your life. And it's not just something that we can check off of a list and it's not about getting rid of them, but bringing it to the light so that we can teach ourselves about ourselves and heal ourselves. And then also just being able to be a more positive force into the world instead of being someone that someone else has to heal from. So if you guys have any questions about shadow work, please send me a message. I am obviously still on the path of shadow work myself, and it's never going to end. Um, But it is a path that once you realize you want to take it, it's very validating. And I I love shadow work. I like feeling emotions. So um, it's definitely something that I'm very passionate about. And I encourage all of you to try. And I believe that at the end of this podcast, I'm going to do a small shadow work slash trigger integration meditation to see um, if anything comes up for you guys. It's going to be a short one, less than 10 minutes. And so if you want to try it out, please continue to listen. And if you are not in the right headspace for that right now, this is when you can log off and thank you and the meditation will start shortly. So find a comfortable seat or a position where you're comfortable laying down. Relax and focus on your breath. When you breathe in, energy flows up, and when you breathe out, energy flows down. And continue this cycle for 10 breaths. Extend your focus to the core of the earth and the energy that connects us all above and anchor yourself there. Breathing in, energy flows up from the earth core 
and breathing out, energy flows down from the higher energy above. Keep this in mind as we continue. Drop your attention into the belly. Breathe in and out from your belly. Breathe in and up your spine. Open up your heart center and receive the downstream of energy. Rest in this heart space. Observe your inner body and intend to notice a dominant state like an emotion or stream of thoughts. This dominant state may be triggered by an external situation, maybe a situation that repeats itself often. Observe the situation and how you're feeling about it. Allow yourself time. What is happening? How are you feeling? How are you behaving? Maybe you people please or criticize yourself. Maybe you want to control everything or you always push yourself to achieve more. Breathe and allow the negative feeling to fully integrate into your body. What is the feeling? Allow it with no judgment. And now, use your breath. Breathe the tension out of your body. Breathe it out of the top of your head. Breathe it into the earth. Or breathe it out from whatever area you feel it in your body. Now ask yourself, who does this dominant feeling belong to? Allow the subpersonality to come to the light. We will call it dominant self. This feeling may take the form of a subpersonality, like a stressed achiever, a tearful uh, spouse, a rejected lover, or a worried mother. Observe what is happening within you, which emotion which thinking pattern or behavior. You want to observe it as a person inside of you with a distinct personality, which dominates the scene, bringing some uncomfortable state in your body, in your emotions, and in your mind. Feel it fully, but observe it with detachment. Whatever the dominant state is for you, we want to release its excessive charge. Express an intention to release the feeling. Express it out loud. And let go of the personality and your identification with it. Breathe and release the tension. Distill the energy you need to discharge to a single emotion, like fear or grief. Go to the core of the emotion, to the essence, and go deep into the essence of it. Find the core emotion or belief and release it. Feel the energy of this state leave your body detach from this state. Feel it slipping out of your body like a dress and go back to your center. You are not your emotions. You are not this personality. You are more than all of this. You are the space holding this state. You are the witness. You are your higher self. Breathe and let go. Allow the time you need and observe it happening. While releasing, you might notice a sense of peace arising and emptiness. The release may not be complete, but you notice a shift 
an expansion beyond the constricting energy pattern. Center yourself and connect. Ask your higher self what you need right now. Listen to the first thought that comes to your mind and take note. What kind of energy wants to emerge usually is the opposite of the dominant pattern. If I'm pleasing, I need more selfishness. If I'm a victim, I need more power. If I'm an achiever, I need more play. If I'm too feminine, I may need focus. If I'm too masculine, I might need some flow. Imagine bringing into the light the self who embodies the quality you need. Feel his or her energy or theirs. They are a part of you who wants expression, who wants to be seen and listened to. Be open to be surprised by what comes up. This part of you may be hurt or angry that they've been repressed for so long. Allow them to express any feelings and release the tension. Reassure them that you're holding space for them and accepting them unconditionally. And this part of you needs attention and love. Embrace them and merge with their energy. Breathe and embrace the shadow self, breathe and embody the qualities and virtues of this higher self. Breathe and feel the energy of the new personality in your body. Ask your higher self, what are the positive qualities of the two selves? What do they both need? How can I support the shadow self? What is my commitment to allow balance and integration? Create an affirmation for yourself and support. I receive the new energy coming in for me to heal and balance the parts of myself that I have repressed for so long. I open my heart, mind, and spirit to new opportunities to discontinue this harmful cycle I have placed myself in. I will commit myself to integrate parts of my shadow and realize what I need to open and heal in order to become my highest true self. Bring your awareness back into your body Wiggle your toes, fingers. Slowly open your eyes and sit in the peace that is now your new energy.